we made this. Welcome to Without a Mouth Podcast, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live-action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. As always, I'm your host, Tim. Hello. And today, we are joined by the top dog of our network. We made this. It's Tony Black. Hi, Tony. Beep, 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 beep. I'm oh, sorry, talk it like... like... <laughs> sounds like the road Roadrunners actually... Uh... <laughs> Kidnapped him and yeah. taken over. <laughs> that was way more Roadrunner than I was going for. I was, <laughs> I was attempting. I was attempting to just talk like Herbie throughout this entire podcast. But yeah, that's yeah. Maybe I sound a bit more like the uh, from the Love Bug, which we talked about before. That when he's doing the sad, that I, mean, I could probably do that. Uh, but yeah. yeah, thanks. It's it's lovely to be back on uh, with that mouse. Thank you. Yeah, I know. As we mentioned before, you know, you've this is your second time because you are our Herbie super fan. <laughs> yeah. Our our font of all uh, VW knowledge on the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? It feels like a million years since I've spoken to you. Well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't in a way, I think. I mean, I can't remember when we recorded The Love Bug. Was it about six, seven, eight months ago or something like that? Something now? like that, yeah. yeah. But, last year, I mean, definitely. It was last year and obviously, you know, we're recording this in at the very start of June. Uh, so a lot has happened in particularly the last four months. Uh, generally globally well every Uh, week seems like a year at the moment doesn't it so it (laughs) does it does every day it's like oh my god what now but i feel twice as old as when we last spoke honestly i know i know so much has happened yeah it has also gone very fast though i mean it doesn't it really doesn't feel like it was five minutes since i was talking about the love bug here yet yeah like the entire world is topsy-turvy now so wow like this this is what happens when we talk Herbie, you know what what's going to have happened by the time we get to Herbie goes to Monte Carlo, Tim? Jeez, holy shit! <laughs> Don't even want to think what, about it. <laughs> what what regime changes will have happened by then? <laughs> yeah, goodness knows. Will we even have entertainment by the time we try and arrange that episode? Maybe, maybe not. This is it. Maybe everyone will just be watching like Disney Plus and Herbie on repeat, you know, because there'll be nothing else left to watch. But- because I'm so uh, efficient and get my episodes posted on the on Spreaker well in advance, you know the episode might air to literally nobody. We might. Have... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it, it might. <laughs> it might just be everyone's gone, and yet here's us two just talking about Herbie rides again. <laughs> all, all the cockroaches huddling round the laptop so they can listen to uh, their favourite podcast without a mouse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else? What else are they going to pick? You know. Two oh, uh, two guys in Britain talking about a very seven very seventies very American kids film. <laughs> Do you think sentient Volkswagens would survive the apocalypse? Do you know what? I'd hope so because if if I do get to survive it as well by some you know miracle twist of fate, then I wouldn't mind tooling around in one. Really, you know. And and as Herbie rides again shows, there isn't just one. There's like an army. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I mean, you see plenty of apocalypse uh, narratives where you've got the trusty sidekick dog. Um, yeah, and we've already said before that Herbie's kind of like a cross between a young child and a dog. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 
They shoot yeah. you with a, with a shotgun slung around your back and a, a doorless, yeah, <laughs> windowless I, I, Herbie. I'd be driving the banged up Herbie, the banged up Volkswagen that crawls off the junkyard in this film <laughs> and rattles along. <laughs> I'd... Uh, I'd be driving the hippified love bug that has a cardboard cut out of two people yeah. kissing in the back seat. That made <laughs> me howl with laughter. I was like, you could have at least like actually had them kissing, but no, they're like fixed, like frozen in carbonite. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it was weird, but I will definitely get back to that later. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, as a returning guest, we don't really need to go through all the uh, rigmarole of uh, figuring out how much you're into your Disney, because everybody already knows that. You've already done your Mount Rushmore, so we can just crack on. Lovely. And we'll talk about... Can you hear that that noise, just in the background? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is is now a running joke on the podcast, where um, whenever my laptop fan kicks in, everyone has a panic attack. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you probably you get this every week, probably. <laughs> I literally had to go through all this with Brandy yesterday when we were recording. Yeah, um, my laptop is on it on its last legs. I do apologise from your end because I've heard how awful it sounds, but that's I okay. am able to edit it all out. Don't worry. Lovely. Okay, that's all. I don't worry. It's not that. That's it's not me having to listen to it that I worry about. It's that it's that stuff. So yeah, don't worry. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Three minutes to go, Steinmetz, before I grab 
must have gone for help. Come along as Herbie and friends ride again. Whether by land or by sea. It's fun and surprises all the way. Walt Disney Productions, Herbie the Love Bug rides again. So yeah, um, Herbie Rides Again, 1974, it came out, an hour and 28 minutes, which made me happy, especially this Mm. week where the world is ending and I have really struggled to concentrate (laughs) for more than five seconds at a time. Um, It took me two attempts to watch this film. I watched the first 30 minutes yesterday um, and literally this is the, it's been a long time since I've left it this late to actually watch a film before the recording, but I was watching mm. it uh, half this morning and half this afternoon as well. So we've, we've well, finally made it, though. <laughs> let Let's be honest, Tim, and I I say this as a huge Herbie fan, as anyone who listened to me talk about the Love Bug knows. But this is a big step down from the last Herbie film we spoke about. <laughs> so I, I I can't blame you for, and I know it's not because of the film as such. It is about the wider, you know, world going to hell kind of scenario that we're in the middle of. But yeah. I wouldn't blame anyone for struggling, like, to get through Herbie Rides again, because it's a bit crap, isn't it? Like, it's very yeah. odd. It's... It, 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 it is odd. Yeah. <laughs> very very strange structurally. I mean, I'm not surprised in the slightest because I host this podcast and I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've got experience with this now. It's very yeah, you're used to this. It's it's almost a film of two halves in what, yeah, plot wise and things. Um, and also, it's it feels like someone had heard about Herbie through a mate at school twenty <laughs> years ago, and then was like, do you know what? I'm the best authority in the world to then write a new Herbie film. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Because it it sort of, it feels a little bit like, yes, it's connected to the love bug in some ways, but then in others, they might as well have just started again. Even though it is basically the same story in, 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 in almost every way. They just swap out certain characters, certain ideas... Certain, if you can call them themes, but it is literally extract, insert in terms of kind of the actors, the yeah. roles, yeah. Herbie's function, except the one thing that's not in it, which was one of the best things about The Love Bug, and I would argue, and I will argue in the future, the reason that I think Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo is great, is there's no racing in it. No, there. well, there is. In a very well, roundabout way. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so, do you think this is kind of... Cl- almost, you could almost class it as a soft reboot? Yeah. I, I, I think it's partly, though, that back then... I mean, they, they did have sequels. You know, they were doing yeah. sequels in, in that era. You know, there was loads of them for certain properties. Like, you know, Planet of the Apes, you were having sequels every five minutes for that. But then they didn't really do continuity in the same way back then. You know, back in the 60s no, and the 70s. No. They didn't really think it was important. They just thought, oh, well, you know, people like Herbie. They like the general idea. Let's just, you know, repurpose it. Give it, you know, something else. I mean, a good example of a film, a very different film from a very different kind of world than Disney films. But... A film called In the Heat of the Night, which had Sidney Poitier in as Virgil Tibbs, the detective. There was a sequel to that, like about three years later, called They Call Me Mr. Tibbs, which was a famous line in that first film. And the sequel is nothing like 
that other film. <laughs> and it might it might as well have just been a completely different character. And that they did that a lot around this era. That was 1970 that came out. So I think it's like, I don't even think you could call it in a way. You, you're right. It is a soft reboot, but they wouldn't have been thinking in those terms, I think. I think they'd have just no. thought, oh, well, you know, let's just do it again and just change a few bits. Well, the thing is as well, like, obviously back then, um, you didn't have vhs you didn't have ways to re-watch films as much so like no. if you went to see the first lovebug film in the cinema and then five years later you go and see the sequel yeah there's no need for continuity when the assumption is you're never going to see this film again after a week <laughs> like it's true yeah, because obviously that's... even then um th- films were slowly making their way especially in america on films were making their way onto tv eventually but even then people didn't really have the means to record off the telly so no. even if you were yeah so it's it's all based on memory and like if the only thing you're going to remember from the love bug is the love bug yeah you don't need the plots to kind of connect up as such <laughs> but what's interesting i suppose is that you know we talked before about how the love bug was a huge hit that year yeah. it was one yeah. of the biggest box office hits of the entire year if not the biggest it's one of them it was very high up anyway in like 1968 i think it was wasn't it yeah and this is five years later, but during that point, even though you're, you're spot on in that there was no there were no videos, there's no repeat of plays and that kind of thing, the love bug had obviously struck enough of a chord for kids and families to know Herbie for for the reason they don't call this the love bug rides again, they call this Herbie rides again. So yeah, by this yeah. point, Herbie, and then all the successive films are Herbie goes to Monte Carlo, Herbie goes bananas, you know, Herbie um, uh, uh, fully loaded, all this stuff. By this point, he's become. A kind of like an iconic sort of kids character in many yeah. senses. So this is this is really simply an exercise in that film made a lot of money, kids liked it. Let's do another one, you know, yeah. and, and let, <laughs> let's let's front load it with Herbie's back. Yeah, yeah, and back he is in Herbie rides again. So <laughs> our our credits we start with. A good old sting of the Herbie theme tune, which will have kept you happy, because I know you said you really liked it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, this is an ominous opening, so you get like one bit and then it's like, no, we're done. We're done with that. It's This, is, this isn't this is your mother's love bug film. This is... Uh, and we get... Um, under the credits, the scenes of a wrecking ball, and we meet... Um, this bad guy of ours, which, a big old beardy man who's angry all the time, <laughs> whose surname is Hawk, and for the boo. life of me, yeah, we we hiss boo. <laughs> on this podcast, we we just never remember the villain's name, so we just called him Hawk, and he's Hawk. basically he's planning to build new shopping centres, so he's tearing down San Francisco, and we get some brilliant shots. Well. Brilliantly inconsistent shots of <laughs> stock footage. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> but ob- like some of it is obviously quite contemporary to the seventies. Some of it looks like it was filmed like on the very first color camera, or even <laughs> it's black and white that's been coloured in. Like it's really yeah. shoddy. Um, it's it's a it's it's bizarre. I mean, I know it's supposed to sort of signify, oh yeah, evil. It's uh, Alonzo Hawk. Is his name, and I know yeah. this simply because he keep they like uh, the character of Willoughby keeps calling him Alonzo, Uncle Alonzo, Uncle Alonzo. Right. Uh, so it's sort of stuck in my head for that reason. But yeah, he's it's meant to sort of show, isn't it, that he's he's the villain, he's the bad guy. Boo! He's blowing up buildings in a very sort of 
cartoonish way. You know, he's literally got the TNT like stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. You know, uh, it, it's very, very daft, isn't it? Very. Something I've only just realised this this second right now is that in a lot of the films we've watched recently, we we've done a lot of setting up the villain before we've even met the main characters, which is yeah. interesting. It's it's not quite common, but it seems to be in a lot of these Disney films because we had the same with the cat, uh, that darn cat. Yeah, visually we saw the cat in the opening credits, but we the first character we meet were the bad guys. Well, dare I say it though that in the Herbie films. The bad guys are kind of more memorable, really. I mean, if you think yeah, about yeah. the love bug, the character of um, David Tomlinson's character in that, uh, Thorndike, yeah. he's great. You know, he's really mad. Hawk is basically Thorndike, just if you spliced Thorndike with Donald Trump. That's basically Alonzo <laughs> Hawk. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's shouting all the way through. He's like, ah, Herbie, ah. Um, yeah. And then in, uh, in the next one, you've got Roy Kinnear and, and the other guy, who are the two uh, crooks. Um, which, who are really fun as well, and and um, and then in the last one you've got Harvey Corman who is as the uh, the ship's captain in right. Herbie Goes Bananas, and he's a brilliant actor. Harvey Corman, he came through all the like Mel Brooks things like High Anxiety and and all of that Blazing Saddles. He's brilliant and he's so funny and and nasty. So mm. in all of those films, the bad guy is the one you you you're there for in a way and whereas all all the all the heroes i mean did did you remember like willoughby and nicole before you came back from to this i mean i'd forgotten about them. yeah <laughs> I'd forgotten so, about those two so yeah when we spoke last time i said didn't i that i was sure i'd seen this film i think i had i i have a very good memory of having it on video taped off the disney channel um, and the thing that I remembered was the scene with the um, the trolley because it said we've got a San Francisco trolley in this film. Um, yeah. But coming back to this film, that was the only scene in the whole film that I remembered. <laughs> <So> <laughs> literally, I don't remember any of the characters. I don't remember yeah. any of the plot points. It was literally that visual of the uh, the tram careening down the hill is all I remembered of this film. So I have no idea where i've mm. seen that that one scene on its own but yeah i don't i don't know no, it, it, i think for me it's always the uh herbie on the roof of hawk tower driving around and he's and hawk's like running away that's the <laughs> that's the one that always all him going around hawk's office with all the foam yeah. like herbie go chasing him those i suppose those are the ones that always stuck in my mind because as a kid i really loved those but yeah, and obviously they're, th- they're quite visually interesting. So it's in- yeah. it's weird that I don't remember those. So I can't have seen them shortly. <laughs> but the, but mate, well, maybe. But the tram is wacky though. So that no, it's no wonder that's stuck in your head because that whole sequence is bark is barking mad. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't blame you. <laughs> I must have seen it on one. some weird Disney compilation thing yeah. as a kid. But yeah. So after the credits, um, we get this very odd little scene where um, they're in Rome for literally no reason. What? What is that about? I know. I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yeah, the, the the bad guy is being driven in a taxi towards the Colosseum and they're chatting about the Colosseum and basically he's saying how he would destroy it and put shops there or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, the film doesn't take place in Rome. That, it is that... just to make that one gag. Yeah, yeah. That's it, isn't it? It's about a let's make, let's put a shopping mall in the Colosseum gag. Yeah. I mean... But... That is like that's an example of why Herbie Rides Again is not a good film. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody thought that very sort of 
pointless and really quite bland gag was worth a whole scene in which you have sort of a back projecting Coliseum. <laughs> you have a whole character make written and filmed a, in a taxi driver for that <laughs> for that one moment and then you cut straight back to hawk he's not even dressed like he normally is he's dressed in like chilled out clothes yeah in that yeah cat. i was like why then um the one bit i did enjoy about that little sequence there was um the stock footage is so blasé and so um so italian in that the the camera crew in the in the car is going over a zebra crossing and the peep the italians just carry on walking at like snail's pace across like literally like clipping their ankles as they go past i was like oh that's that's so casually laid back rome that that, right there i did think that actually i thought jesus they didn't run him over yeah wow yeah so yeah after like two minutes in italy we go straight back to um hawks hq where he's planning a new uh, Hawk Plaza building, which kind of looks a bit like the two towers, but with a bit in the middle yeah. connecting the two. Um, and the only problem is there is one firehouse that has not uh, has not given over the property for him to build his new tower. And this is a real bugbear for him. And of course, we know if it's a firehouse in San Francisco, Herbie's going to be in it. Um, yeah. yeah. And... Ten billion lawyers are in the premises, uh, <laughs> and he's you know set, telling them that they've got to figure this out for him. And I wonder pl- what the collective age of those lawyers was, because they were all <laughs> about eighty. Yeah, like, <laughs> like about four hundred years maybe between them, something like that. What do you call a group of lawyers? What's the uh... Uh, a cunt of lawyers? <laughs> Am I, am I allowed to say that word on this podcast? Oh, yes, you can say whatever you like. You, you can bleep it out, it's fine. Speak, beep! You can beep it out. <laughs> speaking of cunts, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, just basically, yeah, hashtag, yeah, I'm with you on that. Fuck Alonzo Hawk, because he basically is Donald Trump. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the problem that he reckons is that he's got all of these smarmy lawyers and the, the old lady that lives in the uh, firehouse is never going to sell to them. So what he needs is a nice sappy guy that's gonna earn the old lady's trust and then sort of undercut her and be sly mm. um, and it, but luckily for him it turns out his nephew um <laughs> willoughby whitfield is sat in his reception waiting to meet him yeah. um who is um basically um who you get when you can't afford dean jones <laughs> because... well i did wonder I, I kept thinking what why is jim douglas not in this film like, is, was it a creative choice? Did Dean Jones just not want to do another one after? And I can't, I don't know. I've been looking for the answer on this. And I, you might know this, but I, I, I don't know why Dean Jones w- didn't come back. Was he not asked or was the money too high or? I know, don't really he, know because he, he, he does all these Disney films at the period. Like he was prolific at this time. So I don't understand why he wasn't in it. And I'm sure they could have written the character in like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. They they could have. I mean, it would have been. They well. I mean, I suppose they would have had to have a different plot, wouldn't they? Because he is a race car driver, so you might have had to have some racing yeah, plot in yeah. Herbie rides again. So maybe they just thought actually he doesn't fit the story we're telling. And in that sense, I I kind of agree. It but would they, have had to have been a different film. Yeah, they did that thing though when you know when you're replacing a a 
an actor's not in this film, so we create a new character, but we base the new character to be exactly yeah. the same. As, he and he looks, he almost looks like Dean Jones. He sounds he like Dean Jones. He dresses like Dean Jones. He's it's very it's, similar. It's so weird. Uh, he's just a bit, I suppose he's just a little bit, Willoughby's just a bit more of a softy. Like, like Jim yeah. Douglas had a bit of fire about him, didn't he? And yeah. he was a bit arrogant and he was a bit defensive whereas this guy is like oh i'm sorry Ooh, and walks around really sort of timid yeah um so yeah but you're right he is he is a, a facsimile 100 yeah. percent. ken berry who played him and i don't really know much about him i can't i don't think i've ever seen him in anything except this <laughs> ken berry no i haven't I, I don't remember him from anything um yeah so he's he's brought the He's brought his uncle the Humanitarian of the Year award from his university. <laughs> um, so he's we're really setting him up to be a naive idiot, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, Hawk spins him a yarn about how he's going to put the old lady up in a swanky new pad in his building if she was to sell up, so... Get, getting him to think that he's doing good by getting this lady to uh, sell up, um, and then we. I, sp- ha- oh, well, yeah. I was just going to say, I I suppose though, it sort of shows that Hawk is he, he's a big hypocrite. You know, on the one hand, he's he's you know being given this humanitarian award, and on the other, he's just he's this. But I mean, not not that we ever see any other side to Hawk. He is just literally a cartoonish moustache twirling villain yeah. almost literally moustache twirling yeah so you know it's not that he's a deep character or anything but i suppose it's trying to show that you know these capitalists might be giving humanitarian things on the face of it but deep down they're evil and they're just out to destroy the little the little person you yeah. know so i suppose yeah. it's doing that hawk just quickly while we're talking about hawk as well yeah. and i don't know if you were going to bring this up later but just in case i forget do you know the random movie connection to this we were talking about uh sequels and this doesn't make, make herbie rides again a sequel but it's a it's a strange disney connection do you know it with alonzo hawk well do you know what i was trying desperately because i swore i knew his voice from somewhere else and often like that's the thing with these disney films you might not recognize the actor but they might have voiced something in an animation um, yeah. and i was positive he was the voice of the vicar from um Fr- friar tuck from robin hood but he's not so I, ah. I honestly was like, it was doing my head in. So if you're going to tell me, then I'll, I'll be excited to find out. Well, uh, Keenan Wynn, who played uh, Alonzo Hawk, who's incidentally is the son of Edwin, who ah. was the gra- Uncle Albert in yeah. Mary Poppins. I love to laugh. You know that guy. Yeah, we've um, had plenty of Edwin on the podcast already. Yeah, yeah. he's brilliant, Edwin. He's great. Um, so yeah, he's the son of Edwin. And um, he played Alonzo Hawk. In another two films before what? this, the same character he played. Yep, yeah, he played him originally in the Absent-minded Professor from 1961, which is uh, starring Fred McMurray, and he then appeared in the sequel to that, Son of Flubber, which is obviously where you got the f- the, the, the remake years ago, Flo- uh, Flubber from the 90s, I think it was. And he, he plays Alonzo Hawk. He plays the same character. Well, that's just that's fascinating. Slightly different because. Um, the absent-minded professor and son of Flubber take place in Medfield College, which is also the college where um, the Kurt Russell films that we've been reviewing are set. So the computer <laughs> war tennis shoes and right. um, now you see him, now you don't are set in the same universe as Herbie. 
Are, are we accidentally stumbling upon a Disney cinematic universe in this podcast? We literally are. I think we are, you know. like Holy shit. I, I, I know. When I, when, I, when I read that, I was like, really? Alonzo Hawk? This is... So, I mean, <laughs> I, there's no mention of it or anything, but like, technically, Herbie is in the same universe as the computer wore tennis shoes. Well, fuck me. Basically. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, we, and if you ever do the absent-minded professor, which you might do, eventually then yep. there you go you'll see alonzo hawk again yeah Holy but anyway i just crap. thought i'd mention that because i thought i don't want to forget that because when i read that i was like really no way so yeah mental yeah breaking news everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i'm um, finally talking about hawk still like compared to um what is it what's his name again uh thorndike thorndike yeah from uh the love bug I yeah. really don't think there's much comparison because for me, I hate a villain that knows they're a villain. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's yeah. constantly at level 10 and he's always angry. Yeah. I think like yeah, yeah. Thorndike has that brilliant pompousness to him where like yeah. he doesn't, he never really understands that he is a villain. He does bad things, but thinks so highly of himself that thinks that, you know, he's just being competitive and things like that. So. It, I agree. Hawk is all right, but he ain't no Thorndike. <laughs> no, he's not. And he, he is a permanent, you know, shouty level on with me, Mr. Steinbatter, you know, all the way through. And it gets a bit wearing after a while. You know, you just yeah. want someone to punch him in the face. Yeah. But whereas we thought you say, but to be honest, I mean, Keenan Winnie's good, but he's no David Tomlinson. No. You know, so <laughs> I agree. So, yeah, we finally get to the firehouse and who's parked outside, but of course, Herbie. Um, and I had to rewind a couple of times because um, Willoughby pretends that Herbie's driven over his foot to get the old lady to come out of the house. But knowing that Herbie is alive, I had to keep double checking to see if it was Herbie that rolled over his foot, but it wasn't. He just pre- R- pretends, oh, right. I think. That's weird. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, because... Well, I, did, I didn't spot that. Yeah, because... When I watched it first, I obviously assumed, oh, well, Herbie's just driven over him. But then I was like, well, no, because yeah. he doesn't seem like he's in any, any pain. Watch back. There is no shot of Herbie doing it. <laughs> Which is random. Yeah. And yes, so we meet um, the old lady. Mrs. Miss, Steinmetz. Mrs. Steinmetz, yes. And she gives a brief explanation of why she lives here now rather than Dean Jones, which is that the Herbie's previous owner and the owner of the firehouse uh, left to drive foreign cars. And I thought, that's a bit, a bit rude when you know your car is a living thing. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's weird. And then, and she's, but obviously she's, she's the, uh, the aunt, isn't she, of Tennessee? Yes. Who yeah. was played by Buddy Hackett in the, in the last film. And again, yeah. it's a shame that there's no Buddy Hackett either in this, because you could have had him in this story. Definitely. Cause he's, they they make a point of of having her be his aunt yeah. or his grandma or whatever it is. So there is there is a connection, but he's not in it. And so, yeah, it's just again, it's just a bit strange. Yeah. As to yeah, why why yeah why it's placed. Like, I mean, because there was no sign of her in the love bug. No. So so, no. And so where was she then? Was she just out shopping for the whole film? <laughs> like, and nobody thought to mention her. <laughs> I think as well, like Tennessee is a real. Um, there's a there's a hole where they should have replaced that character because we still have a trio. We've got you know we've got the token girl, 
We've got yeah. the uh, the male lead, and then we've got this um, character, Mrs. Steinmetz, who's kind of referred to as Granny most of the film or Grandma, but she d- doesn't necessarily have a comic role, and I feel like we still we're missing a comic sidekick. I feel well, I, I yeah, I think you're right. Uh, she sort of plays the Tennessee role because they sort of give her the lines of you know when she's talking about how Tennessee's gone off to Tibet because of his his gurus becoming yeah or something. yeah. She then talks about how um she she's got she knows about Herbie and she understands what Herbie is based yeah. on what he's been saying about the Eastern philosophy. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about this because it's weird, right? And it's like, <laughs> she, so she's functioning as that sort of sage, knowledgeable woman, yeah. you know, to because obviously they have to do the whole thing like with Jim in the last film where, you know, Willoughby has to be taught about believe Herbie. Although yeah. they do that really quickly. Like compared to Jim, the, the whole of the film is Jim starting to realise who Herbie is and what Herbie is. Yeah. But in this, Willoughby like does it in 10 minutes. He's like, okay, I'm in. Like, so, like well, I think it's good she, to do that because obviously, like the audience is like, we know who Herbie is. You don't need to yeah. spend the whole time patronizing us. Like, I get agree. on with it. Yeah, <laughs> but if they so wanted that, they should have just kept the same characters, and then they wouldn't have had but, to. Yeah, well, yeah, right. If they'd have done a proper sequel, so yeah, yeah she, she. But she, you're right. She's not. She's not. She's. She. You know. She's funny and she's lightly comedic, and she. You know. Her. Her obliviousness is the gag, isn't it? Because in yeah, many yeah. scenes, she just doesn't. She's not. She's doing a knitting or she's looking at a shopping list while chaos. Is erupting around her. Yeah. So they play her for that sort of befuddled old grandma in a in a way, but it's different. You're yeah. right. It's it's lacking the the sidekick. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And in the corner of the room, there's an old school mechanical organ, um, which is playing to itself when As it he does. arrives. We never get a name for the organ. I don't think, do we? No, it's just the yeah, the organ or the um. Yeah, the orchestrion or whatever. Yeah, but basically yeah. it's sentient like uh, like Herbie, and it's playing the song "Don't Trust Him, Fair Maiden." So it's trying <laughs> trying to let the old lady know that uh, yeah. something's afoot. Um, and then she yeah. shows outside. Um, we meet the uh, the San Francisco trolley, which is called yeah. Old Twenty Two. Old Twenty Two, yeah. Um, and it rings its bell, so that's sentient as well. Again, this film still doesn't. It tells us these things are alive, but it doesn't tell us why. We have no origin story to, for this. We also don't know I, why I, it's just those three objects. <laughs> right. I, I do kind of love that, though. I love the way the film, like, you, you go into it knowing that Herbie's obviously like alive. So the film just goes, "Yeah, they'll buy that. They'll yeah. buy an organ. <laughs> they'll buy a tram. You know, who cares?" It, but I mean, it's it's quite. It, in some ways, I it's a shame because it takes away from Herbie being special. You know, yeah, the whole thing yeah. in the love bug is that Herbie's different. Herbie's unique. Something weird happened with Herbie. And we talked about it in the last one, didn't we? And you, there's ne- you never have any idea. There's sort of, you know, hints and, and mystical things. But the fact that, like, Herbie is one of many of this weird machine intelligence. <laughs> yeah. It's just... It, it's convenient for plot, and they do it really for plot reasons. But it's it's a bit of a shame because it just it removes Herbie's uniqueness a bit. Yeah. Um, and then Willoughby's telling um Grandma about you know the plot for the to basically get him to. Well, no, sorry, he mentions that um, Hawk is his uncle, and her response yeah. is basically you know get fucked like. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could have heard esteemed. Theatre and film actress Helen Hayes say, <laughs> get fucked, Willoughby. That would have been 
That would have made this film the best Herbie film ever. Yeah, and she's going on about how you know she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't know anything about money. She doesn't want to sell up. She doesn't want to be rich. She just wants to live in the house where her late husband lived. So he he was one of the uh, the captain of the fire station. Yeah. Um, and we, she's got this massive portrait of him, um, which hangs over the mantle. Yeah, um, she's a yeah. bit obsessed with him, isn't she? She's a, a bit obsessed with her bit. dead husband. Yeah, like. She's one of those people that every time a conversation, you could go around and go, I've come to fix your boiler. And she'd go, yes, well, you know, my my, my late husband, Captain Steinmetz, loved boilers when he was alive. Oh, like that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you know pretty, I mean? pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then and a, a minivan from the airport turns up with an air stewardess that gets out, um, who we learn is called Nicole. And she is the granddaughter of uh, Mrs. Steinmetz. And when she f- comes in and finds Willoughby and finds out he works for Hawks, she gives him a good old slap. Um, she is, again, also exactly the same character that Michelle Lee played in The Love Bug, yeah, basically. That kind like, of- she even looks... You know, Stephanie Powers even looks like Michelle Lee. <laughs> yeah, they've got a similar similar vocal range as well. They're quite yeah. sort of deep speaking, deeply spoken. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's the strong, independent woman that's not going to take any shit from anyone. Yeah, um, basically. But at least this time there's no rapey bits in a bush. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah. One credit to this film compared to the other is there's no men forcing themselves on women as such. That's true. There's 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 far less of that sort of underlying countercultural sexual politics thing going on. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's 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 much more sort of it's the seventies. We've done all that now. Yeah. Let's tell let's tell a story about how evil rich men are destroying the world. Basically. Hey, remember how we're making these films for children? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is actually. Far more of a basic, simple kids' film, isn't it? Actually, than the yeah. Love Bug was. Yeah. Even though, even though the Love Bug is a kids' film, there was other stuff in there that made you go, "Ooh!" Whereas in this, that's all gone. That's all gone now. Yeah. This is maybe in some ways for the better. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so yeah. it, you know, um, Willoughby's made it clear that he doesn't really believe that Herbie's alive. But why would you at that point? So Nicole <laughs> uh, says, "You know, let's go for a drive." Um, and so, you know, he, he kicks Herbie's tyres and Herbie beeps at him um, yeah. and they go for a drive and everything's fine until he, for some reason, refers to him as unattractive. Her- yeah. He calls yeah. Herbie unattractive, which is not a word <laughs> I've ever really heard someone use about a car. It's weird. Although I, I, I dare say there are, and I'm not one of them, I, I really am not, but I dare say there are men out there who really do fancy their car <laughs> yeah so, so so maybe he's one of them maybe there are some cars he goes whoa that's a bit of all right whereas herbie's a bit like now nah, you're just a little little blob <laughs> <laughs> yeah so herbie when he says he's unattractive he does a wheelie and starts going berserk and driving all over the place um and um nicole keeps saying you know you've got to apologize and eventually he does and herbie calms down um, and then drives off to another very bizarre plot point, which is that he drives out into out of town, I guess, and gets joined up in a car joust. This is wacky. Uh, well, as, soon, as soon as as soon as he turns up there, I I thought, how did he know this was a going on? Does Herbie like has Herbie got some sort of like newspaper thing? He keeps a track of what's going on in the world. How does he know that's there? <laughs> like, or does he just happen to randomly stumble upon it? 
it, it's I mean, even even for a Disney kids film in the seventies, this is weird. Yeah, this whole sequence. Is car jousting a thing? I should have really checked this out first because it's got to be in it. Yeah, it's got it's it, if it's America, it's got to be in it. Yeah, it's basically just a game of chicken. Um, there's no like. Um, spears or javelins it's literally just two cars mm. driving at each other and whoever pulls away at the last minute wins uh, uh, loses sorry um, but all of the people on the sidelines are dressed in medieval gear yeah and of course <laughs> like a crap game of thrones <laughs> yeah and of course herbie <laughs> ends up in the joust and wins so the <laughs> gets to snog the princess well the um willoughby does <laughs> yeah doesn't she say something like oh you're my hero take me back to your castle or something like <laughs> yeah. that she says she says you win me <laughs> that's it <laughs> and he's like oh because uh, he's really buttoned up and repressed he's like oh no you know yeah i got it <laughs> and then obviously nicole he um willoughby says that you know he should apologize to nicole and she says i can't stand men who apologize i was like yeah oh, like that's that's a line that only a man could write in a script, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because most women would go, "Yes, please." Like you've been a dick. <laughs> like, please apologize. Yeah, I, I I did laugh at the um as well. One of the things that really did root it in the seventies was when the uh, the queen puts the thing on his head, and then the the other guy turns up with a few bucks and goes. Here's the bread man, three dollars. <laughs> Here's the bread man, like that. You won the bread man. I was like, wow, that's that's that just crapped me off. <laughs> nice. Oh, it's so weird. But yeah, so yeah. instead of apologizing, they decide to go for dinner instead um in the bay and they're having lobster. And this is yep. where oh no, sorry, this is where um Nicole finds out that Hawk is Willoughby's uncle. And so she slaps him round the face with a lobster, knocking him into the water. I was like, <laughs> you know, "We we are in kids' film territory here, but it's good. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's it's what it needs to be." And then, can I can I just quickly, yeah, just yeah. super quickly, can I just? Uh, I, I've just done a little bit of a Google search, and car jousting is a thing in Germany. All right, okay. Now, it, it, but weirdly though, it seems to have been from the mid nineteen eighties. So. Right. It's, it wasn't, as far as I can see, it wasn't a thing until then. And it not, I haven't seen anything come up about America. So, you know, but it must be. But I just thought, yeah, there is, there has been such a thing as car jousting. So maybe Herbie Rides Again started a trend. So in 1974, the people of Berlin were watching uh, Herbie <laughs> Rides Again and were just so entranced by this scene that they yeah. invented their whole, a whole new sport six years later. <laughs> Given we live in 2020, Tim, stranger things have happened. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so then we go home and it's bedtime and Granny is having a chat with uh, Nicole. And Nicole kind of says, you know, I wish I'd stop hitting men with lobsters. It's pretty much the... Uh, the it's not an exact quote, but it's close <laughs> enough. Um, and she says, you know, I actually quite liked him. So we always get these scenes in these Disney films where regardless of what has happened previously, it's like, uh, forget all of that. Actually, these two people fancy each other. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Even though they yeah. didn't but show it at all, we will tell you explicitly these two yeah, are in yeah, well, this. Well, this is it, isn't it? There's no like, like, there's no like visible 
I don't even think they kiss in this film at all. Like, I, I, I don't even think they do. The most they probably do is give each other a little peck on the cheek or a hug or at the end, you know. I don't even think they... I've well. misremembered. It's very... It's very safe and kid-friendly, like, romance. There you is... Know? I mean... There is one to, snog and it's oh, it's okay. pretty good, pretty decent for, you know, it's a juicy I can't, old... I can't remember that. Juicy old smooch, but... Uh, well, I'll tell you when we oh. get there. But it's just, but as you're right, it is. It's not like full on groping or anything. <laughs> I actually, well, yeah, I actually think they're quite a sweet couple as well. I, I, I quite like them both. Both, I like, I like both the characters and I like both the actors. Actually, I, f- I found them quite nice together. Yeah, they were, so, they were more believable you know, than, uh, than Jim and Jim and what was her name? I can't remember. I can't remember her name. Michelle Lee. I yeah, can't remember yeah. her name in it. But um, yeah, because they. They had too much of a of a fighting chemistry that I never I never liked that in a film. I, I prefer like if, if you like someone, just like them, you know. Yeah, yeah. just be nice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, here's our here's our one section where we get some um, some racing, and I have a feeling that after <laughs> the film was completely shot and done and in the can. Some executive somewhere sat down, watched the film, and said, where the fuck is the car race? Yeah, there's no racing in this. What the hell? It's a hobby movie. So, Where's the car racing? So as everyone else goes to bed, we focus in on Herbie, and as we do, um, literally recycled footage of the previous film plays in his dreams. <laughs> Um, it's, it is weird. <laughs> it's it's when when I I'd forgotten this bit, and when it did that push in to Herbie as if to say it's going to go into a dream sequence. I was like, oh my god, they're doing a car having a dream about his glory days. Yeah. <laughs> like wow, they're going there. It's Brilliant. it's weird though because in terms of it, it's more for the audience i think i think it is literally, <coughs> literally like previously on herbie but mm. but it doesn't serve a purpose to the plot of the film because this film isn't about like herbie wishing he could be racing again no no it's not it, no it it doesn't develop the plot at all it is literally hey remember that time that herbie was a race car and that yeah. that's all this scene is for I mean, that's the whole thing with this. In, in one way, I admire the fact they decided to do something completely different and they didn't just try and do The Love Bug again. Because it's by the same people. Like yeah. The writer's Bill Walsh, who wrote The Love Bug. It's directed by Robert Stevenson, who directed The Love Bug. Yeah. Good people. You know, Robert Stevenson had done, like, Mary Poppins and all this. So, you know, they're talented people behind involved. Yeah. And, and so on the one hand, yeah, great. You don't, you're not trying to just redo the same thing. But it is a little bit like doing a film about... A character, but taking away the one th- thing about the character that makes him, you know, key to who he is. Yeah. You know, racing and Herbie's is a key thing. Yeah. You know, and whenever they don't do that, it just, you don't get as good a film. No. Really. And it's weird. So, you, yeah, it's just, it has no connection to the plot at all. And it's it's almost as random as Hawk in Rome. Yeah. Well, and, really. and it goes on for far too long as well, because it's yeah. literally the shots of every single race, the shots of him winning every single race. <laughs> it's 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 a big it's a big chunk of time, um, yeah. which is very odd. But yeah, from there mm. we go to um, Willoughby's hotel room. Well, I'm assuming it's a hotel room where he's packing. Basically, he's practicing his resignation speech and why he won't be doing uh, what Hawk tells mm. him to. 
Um, <laughs> and I really like yeah. the bit in his speech where he's basically said, you know, because um, he's had to put makeup on because of um, her slapping him with a lobster. And he and he says in his speech, you know, don't tell me, ma'am, I had to put makeup on. <laughs> Please don't tell me, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. I'm not one they of those. Love, love I'm not one of those with... queers. Honest. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's the subtext, isn't it? I yeah. know. That's again. That's where it dates. But they they do they do like making him look stupid. I mean, you get the whole thing with the beard later on, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. It's... <laughs> you get a bit of that. Um, and then we go back to the firehouse. Um, and as, as he's about to go in, he, he's hiding under Herbie as um, Nicole leaves. <laughs> the note that I put was um, when Nicole gets back into the the minivan that's taking her to the airport. As she opens the door, she says, "Hi, everybody!" And I just had to instantly go, <laughs> "Hi, Doctor Nick." <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly the same inflection, and I brilliant. just was like, "Yeah, brilliant." <laughs> uh, you won't be the only one, I bet, no. doing that if they watch this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's basically just turned up to tell them, you know, I'm I'm off home because my uncle's a dickhead. Um, yeah. Then we go back again. Not a direct quote, but sadly not. No. no. I feel like there's a whole different version of this you could have written that would have been brilliant. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would. Have, oh, you're a dickhead. Yeah. I would have played every character, <laughs> including Herbie. <laughs> Her- I'd pay to see Herbie it. would be. Um, me just dressed in my normal clothes but i'd have a volkswagen badge on my forehead like uh like rimmer from red dwarf let's get a kickstarter going tim because i can't be the only one who wants this after hearing this podcast come on tony i just lined you up there for a good uh promotion of another podcast on the network get you get your synergy in there oh sorry <laughs> mr mr miss my chance miss my chance i'm too excited about the idea <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, Red Dwarf podcast coming soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, we go back to Hawk HQ, um, and Willoughby hears Hawk um, threatening him from the other room. Um, so chickens out. Um, instead, he decides to phone him and say that he's on a ship to Helsinki, um, <laughs> and, uh, because of course, like. As you do, do. yeah, because getting to Helsinki from San Francisco is easy, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a good point. He's on completely the opposite side of the world, isn't he? (laughs) If this was in New York, which which I always thought it was, you know, for years I always thought this was set in New York because Hawk is such a Trump analogy. I know Trump wasn't around as as such then, but like, you know what I mean? I always thought it was New York this was set in. I forgot it was San Francisco. So that would make a bit more sense, but yeah. He'd have to sail around the almost the Antarctic <laughs> to get there. Yeah. It's like, is it worth it? Just go to Hawaii, you know? Yeah. And then I completely missed how this was the plot. Um, but um, Hawk decides the way to... That he's going to win this is by stealing uh, the old lady's car. Um, hmm. And I honestly can't remember why. I think it might be so that she can't get out so she has to sell or something i don't know oh Take it's away... weird isn't yeah it? it doesn't make much sense but yeah he um he then reveals that he used to be a, a car repossessor for a company and that he's really good at it um but obviously so he he gets all of his lawyers to time him and says he'll be back within a certain time <laughs> um but obviously he tries to steal herbie and uh he says he again says something that upsets Herbie. So Herbie stops in the street 
Um, and the cops are trying to uh, get him to move, but they can't push him and they cause a pile up and all of this. Um, Thing is, I kind of think all this is like a way of giving Hawk something to do yeah, in the story. Yeah. Because if you if you really think about it, you could have had him open up with the Hawk and then you have the whole sort of midsection of the film he's sort of engineered to be about Nicole and Willoughby and Mrs. Steinmetz. And then really Hawk only sort of comes back into it towards the end when he becomes more of a threat. So I reckon they thought, oh, we need more, we need more Hawk in here. Let's just make him a slapstick villain yeah. where he does all this stuff. Yeah, but like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, where's his sudden ability to hotwire come from? Yeah, the, like, that's the problem when uh, your main bad guy is a millionaire. Millionaires on the whole, yeah. they're known for doing literally nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they have no skills. They have, <laughs> yeah, they have no like knowledge of the world. They are just money, 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 and everything is done for them. So. Forgive me for not believing that he's <laughs> he can hotwire cars. Yeah, you know it's it's just thrown in there, is it, so they can get him to do it. And it's I suppose it's a, in a way it's like it's like this this film's version of the whole um, uh, part in the love bug with the Chinese businessman where yeah, Herbie sort yeah. of gets sold, you know, in that bit because all that. Well, I remember us going, "What is the point of all this? Just it just this fills time. This does." Yeah, that's the thing with both of Same these films. Of There's a lot of stuff that you do think. Was this just to fill time? Because we only managed, yeah. we didn't even manage to get to an hour and a half with what they put in the film. Well, I know, yeah. <laughs> really, if you, say, you strip all that away, it's like about an hour's long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. Um, yeah, it's weird. But it's, it's funny, well, funny not funny, because when the cops are trying to um, <laughs> sort him out, basically when they see that it's Hawk in the car, and he's he actually says, direct quote, don't you dare threaten me, and uh, throws his white privilege around, which... Uh, <laughs> considering the the uh the state of things at the p- time when we're recording today yeah. um seemed rather poignant especially when did especially when the cops kind of smile and let him af- let him off which is mm. fun um and then the, yeah. they try to um tow herbie away um but herbie turns it into a tug of war which ends with two cop cars up on their rear bumpers right did you understand the physics of that because i had no idea like it didn't make any sense. He's in the middle, right? <laughs> the the rope snaps, and somehow Herbie manages to get out the way, and the cars crash into each other. I was like, "How? How does that even work?" No idea. Herbie Bizarre. seems to be able to uh, turn round on a dime in this. Like he yeah. he can do yeah, full three sixty yeah. maneuvers. Like yeah, which doesn't make sense. Um, it's bizarre. I mean, I know, I know, it's, I know he's a magical car. Yeah. <laughs> but even so, I want some logic, Tim, from my magical car, please. It's got, it got to be set in the real world, damn it. Yes, <laughs> with physics. <laughs> but I want the gritty Herbie reboot, like you know, Batman Begins, you know, or the Casino Royale. That's what I want. What's had where we understand the physics? What's had more uh, reboots, uh, Batman or Herbie? <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well yeah so after that we get our first proper chase sequence which <sighs> i am so sick and tired of watching fucking car chases in these piece of shit movies <laughs> you really do sound like you've been you've suffered i've been here. I, 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 really... you have done like 40 odd episodes of this show though haven't you so it's you know you've you've done the hard yards already tim with it yeah when i say i'm tired i am tired of this <laughs> the thing is well like this is a very competent well put together well shot well paced car scene i have just seen so fucking many of them yeah they all blend yeah, into yeah. one the bad guys are always in the same fucking car as well. It's always a black, posh, like, Cadillac <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, yeah, evil car. Yeah. 
so we obviously um herbie escapes and we then go to the airport where we see um willoughby is in a disguise he's actually he's actually <laughs> fleeing at this point um, but Nicole... <laughs> and doing a terrible job of it, yeah. Because he happens to like be in the same place as Nicole, and he's so loud on the phone that she immediately spots who he is. <laughs> yeah. And then again, like um, this thing of really clunkily adding in a romance to a plot. The instant he sees Nicole, he basically is like. Oh yeah, I fancy that girl. Why am I leaving? I should just stay here and be with that girl. And yeah. just the fact that she yeah. bumps into him, he reads as, um, "Oh, she must love me because she's I'm in here. She's come yeah. all the way to the airport, yeah. but she's at fucking work, mate. Like I, I, you're on her turf. <laughs> well, that's one thing. Yeah, yeah. She's she's busy. Right. I kept thinking that. I thought, and she's got work to go to. <laughs> but I, I, yeah. I mean, I think his whole sort of character. It very quickly changes like his mind. Like he, he, he very, very quickly decides that Alonso is evil, that Hawk is evil, yeah. and that he's going to side with these guys. He very, very quickly decides he wants to get married to this woman. <laughs> you know, and it, it's all like, "Hang on a minute!" Like, <laughs> yes, okay, they have quite a sweet dynamic. But if I, I kind of think that she is the, the the better character, if you have to do it in that, I mean, they're both fairly one dimensional. Yeah. but she's probably the better character, I think, of the two. Yeah, yeah. Um... I believe her liking. I believe her coming to like him more than the than the other way around in a way because yeah. she starts to see that he's a nice bloke, whereas he just like you say he's immediately like, oh, she likes me. Okay, I'll give up all of my life. Yeah, over to you. You know, and yeah, and at this point, really, the last interaction he had with her was she smacked him around the chops with a lobster. <laughs> so we, as an audience, yeah. know that she fancies him because she told granny but she didn't tell him yeah no so no yeah lazy that's, lazy you know, storytelling <laughs> well well yeah 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 it is really it's true <laughs> so yeah then we get another scene with herbie and the grandma <coughs> where they're off to the market and she's checking a shopping list what what Whilst Herbie is doing the driving um, and Herbie sees the lawyers coming up. So we get another chase and all sorts of slapstick going on. I won't go into yeah. it in detail because if you want to watch the film, it's quite good. She's oblivious. Yeah, that's the gag, isn't she, it? You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some very silly things that happen in this bit. And, and again, we're getting very like kids film and over the top and... It's it's all mm. it's all made very well, and uh, wasn't bored of it. If if anything, this was my favourite of the chase scenes because we've had our generic chase scene, and every time we get a chase scene, we do actually up the ante in this in this film. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It does get a bit more manic, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I, I did give it that. Um, then we go back to the fire station, and Willoughby is going to stay for dinner. Um, and there's a lot of points in this film where Nicole kind of says to her grandma, you know, uh, let nature take its course. Don't get involved with our mm. relationship. Stop forcing me to fancy this man. And then nowhere in the film does granny ever do that. <laughs> That's true. She just sort of hints at it. Yeah. You know, or she's just like, oh, he's a nice man, dear. You know, all this kind of thing. She's not going... Come on, what are you waiting yeah, for? Yeah, she's not like pushing no. them on each other. She's not setting up no. scenarios for it to happen. But all the way yeah. through the film, Nicole accuses her of, her of it and she's not doing it. 
Yeah, the only well, yeah, the only time she probably does it is on the sly when she tells Herbie basically to make something happen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like you know, she sort of says to Herbie, "Well, you know, if they get lost or you know, do you know?" Yeah, it, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it's it's like forced, isn't it? It's a bit like okay, we get the point. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just an excuse for them to bring up. You know, you remember that these two fancy each other. Just, just to re- right, just remember exactly, that. Yeah, because because <laughs> it's not part of the plot, but we'll remind you. <laughs> yeah, it's not being layered in in terms of character, so we need to tell you. Yeah. yeah. So then we get our third chase as they go to the market again because they forgot to get some bits, and again, decent enough chase, but it ends with the the plot. The plan is that Hawk doesn't want Herbie to come home because then he can go and. Um, kick this old lady about a bit and uh, steal all mm. the shit. So Herbie ends up at the beach and Hawk manages Hawk's chauffeur, sorry, manages to get a dude in a uh in a camper van to make an obstruction so they can't leave the beach. Um and we get this Isn't isn't he like the most like hilariously like posh British chauffeur? Like, Hello. It, 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 he literally, he's like, oh yes, sir. You know, he's called Maxwell as well. Again, <laughs> he was. How can I? How can I? Uh, would you like to make fifty dollars today, right now? Yeah. I have fifty dollars here. If you were to just cause an obstruction, <laughs> thank you very much. He's no, he's no Havershaw from um, the Love nah. Book because that 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 dynamic between those two is great. Yeah. Where, yeah, in this, yeah. And uh, yeah, so the the two leads are having a nice little romantic chat, and Herbie's chasing seagulls up and down the beach, which is really cute. And it's it's one <laughs> of those things that this film could have done with a little bit more of, I think, to give. Yeah, it doesn't give Herbie enough personality. I thought, but, but no, they they make up for that a lot in the next one with all the Lancia stuff. Right. And Herbie's romance, you know, but in this, yeah, you're right. He's not really. He's just there quite often as a as, as a plot, yeah, point. You Especially know? in the very first half an hour when we're getting all of the plot out the way, it was. I really did find myself thinking, I don't believe in Herbie right now. But by this point, I, no. I was I was getting there. Um, but and you know what? Actually, thinking about that, he's not actually the point of the story at all. Herbie. No, he's just a, a like, minor character in it, really, isn't he? Yeah, he's ju- he's just in it, and he? he's just in it, and he, he you know he makes things happen or he helps them or whatever. But he's not really about Herbie. There's no there's no character story for Herbie. You know, in the first one, it was it was him and Jim yeah. and their relationship. In the next one, it's the winning the race to impress the Lancia and all that stuff. Um, but there's, and then in the even in Bananas, which is another film I'm not a big fan of. He has the relationship with the little boy, but in this, there's not, there's not really anything, is no. there? But yeah, and I hadn't occurred to me until we were talking about it. Here. Yeah, it was something that obviously because these are my first viewings, so I'm more able to spot these things maybe because they yeah, are the first time I think you are. I've seen them, even the first one mm. I haven't seen before. But yeah, so they they're having this romantic chat, and this is where we finally get a snog, and it's a full like arms around each ah, okay. other embrace. Um, so again, it's a romance that I suppose it's all right for one of these films, and I like that we don't wait till the end for them to get together. I like that we get the rom in in a way we get the romance out of the way now, so we can have the finale yeah. of the film almost. Yeah. Because it's not really about the romance, no. you know that that's just a side point. Just because they needed to have that kind of dynamic in a in a you know in a in a film in like a little fantasy yeah. kids film, but 
yeah, they're fine. They're okay. You know, they're quite nice. They're quite sweet together. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad they didn't make those two. But, you know, they didn't make the love bug two and have it be about that romance because I think it would have been really tiring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Herbie had spent the whole film trying to match mate them, yeah. you know? Then um, they try to leave and that's when they find that the road's blocked. So Herbie has better ideas, jumps off the frigging pier into the water, um, into the sea. Um, and we get a, a very bizarre shot of them completely underwater when they can see out yeah. of the windows. Then Herbie comes up and it's basically turns into a boat. It's a bit chitty chitty bang bang this bit, I thought. But at least chitty chitty bang Maybe. bang turns literally into a boat. This is just a Volkswagen uh, refusing to does. sink, basically. Maybe this is where the spy who loved me got the uh, the, the the underwater lotus. <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's this weird re- again, far too long shot as they're in the water and rising, where Nicole kind of goes, ah, ooh, oh, oh. and then and then she says, well, here we are, and I was like, where? You're in the middle of the fucking sea. <laughs> You know, you saying that, there are some goofy characters in this. <laughs> the the one, the character that I think is the best character in the film, and we've, we've passed the scene, I've got to go back to this, the whole scene with the two cars, the, the police cars and the tug of war, yeah. you, they routinely cut to a bunch of pedestrians watching this happen and egging it on. And you've got like a cab driver and you've got like an old bloke and all these. And in the middle of it, there's this old woman who is the most animated comedy old woman <laughs> I've ever seen. And she's going, woo, yeah, woo. Like, and honestly, she's my oh, favourite character totally, in this whole film. <laughs> I miss that, to be fair. Oh, please go back and watch that, right. Tim. Because it's, it's, she's, sec- she's on screen for like probably about three seconds altogether. Right. But man, it's worth it. Well, then straight from here, when they surface, there's um, mild threat because there's a shark behind them. But don't worry about it because they're not going to do anything with that. Like, no, this is pre-Jaws, yeah. so it's not even a Jaws joke. No. That's a very good point, yeah. So they see yeah. a shark, they go, oh shit, there's a shark, and then that that's it, we go on to the next scene, um, which is they they have a nice little chat with a, they ask a surfer for directions. I thought, oh yeah, I, I quite liked that little bit, because I was like, I can imagine like, you know, you write it in a script, you storyboard it. And then to actually be able to create this in a film, in a real life film, I thought that was quite impressive, especially for the time. Like, yeah. just imagine yeah, there's these yeah. two people surfing on a on a Volkswagen, chatting to a man next to them who is surfing on a surfboard. <laughs> like, that's just mental. <laughs> I, I this was the this was one of the few bits in this that really did remind me of the Lord yeah. Book. Because it was it was a little bit like when they pull up at that uh, place and you got the two hippies that was also played <laughs> yeah. by Dean Jones. I was hoping that the surf- like, yeah, man. I was hoping the surfer would Very be Dean similar. Jones when <laughs> Well <laughs> I imagine that would have been brilliant. In my remake. But yeah, it's that it, yeah, it's that kind of comedy, isn't it? It's that kind yeah. of you know, silly stuff. Silly stuff, yeah. <laughs> I, rang around, I couldn't think of a word stuff, stuff will do then uh, they finally get home um, and when they arrive number 22 is not out in the garden and when they get in the house oh. is completely empty um, basically um, granny's been robbed by Hawk um, and so their plan is that they're going to break into Hawk's storage yard um, and Herbie does a Hulk smash straight through his door <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's like um, a massive, massive warehouse, and they're searching through it to find their goods. 
Um, which is actually the second uh, film in a row we've had that because they did exactly that in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid with uh, Colin the other, oh, the really? other week. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, then, yeah, the guards arrived, but Herbie, I, I looked away from the screen for two seconds, and when I looked back, Herbie was right at the top of a stack of shelving, knocking furniture <laughs> onto the bad guys. So I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I completely, yeah. I completely missed how he got up there, but okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I can't even remember either, to be honest. I do remember the, that whole sequence with the with all the stuff falling down, but I can never remember before it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it today and I've already forgotten. Yeah. But yeah, they managed to escape the guards um, and Herbie's pushing uh, number 22 all the way up the hill because it's a doddery old thing and hasn't got an engine anymore. Um, yeah. And when they stop at the top and this, they, you know, it's not a Disney film from the 70s until you've had a joke about a, a drunk man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. a drunk man gets on the trolley thinking it is a, a working trolley and... So the next sequences are interspersed with him just chatting up the old lady for the whole every so often. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, this they see um, lawyers coming at them towards the hill, and Herbie drives straight back down the hill to smash them up and put them off. But the trolley falls down the other side of the hill, and we get the scene that I actually remember. The one scene <laughs> from the whole film that I've seen before. <laughs> and we and, and again, she's oblivious. Yeah. You know, Mrs. Steinmetz is just uh, uh, you know, doing a knitting, like I say, getting chatted up by uh, Judson, yeah. who's, who is basically her husband reincarnated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and then, yeah, there's... Yeah. It's weird. And again, we get some weird, silly slapstick bits, like they drive straight through a cello recital and stuff like that. <laughs> um, then there's really there's weird. this bit where they it ends with you know they can see the bay at the bottom of the hill. They're panicking. They're trying to get um, Willoughby's trying to get from Herbie onto number twenty two so he can put the brake on. Um, and this must be the longest street in the world because this sequence takes about <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> Because I'm forever, doesn't it? <laughs> but the bay yeah. never gets any closer. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's cartoon world, yeah. isn't it? Where you know you're just running in one spot, you know, and it, it's supposed to be like you're running like a mile. It's like it's really yeah. very cartoony. Um, but that's the thing. This whole like the whole last half an hour is just a series of cartoonish set pieces. Yes, really. Yeah. You know that, that that link together, but like there's no real. Set plot that makes any real sense. It's just it's just a random set of oh yeah, let's have a tram go off down a hill. Let's have you know a boardroom scene with loads of yeah. foam. It's like where's like where, doesn't make any self. It doesn't make any sense. And, and they, <laughs> these tend to be the films that are hard to write about for the podcast because you really have to concentrate on the little interstitial scenes where they're chatting, where yeah. they're having a conversation with each other because the conversations are completely bonkers because they are just setting mm. up stupid stuff every single time <laughs> so you go into yeah, that scene like yeah. right i've got to concentrate because i don't know what's coming next and they'll tell you no. they'll say something like that the, the one line of dialogue will be oh we've got to go there and stop so and so and then the next thing you know you're on a bouncy castle like <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the things yeah. that people saying don't necessarily match what is happening on screen no. or you're in rome in a cab exactly yeah you know <laughs> so yeah next morning uh grandma says that you know she's she's off to see hawk herself she's going to give him a piece of her mind 
Um, so Nicole says, you know, no way you're doing that. Uh, look after her. And then, <laughs> and then very next day, uh, the very next minute, sorry, um, Nicole leaves and Grandma just wanders off in Herbie and goes and does it anyway. <laughs> Willoughby does a shit job of stopping her. Of course he does. Um, mm. And when we go, we arrive at, we go back to Hawk HQ in his office and uh, the one bit of uh, almost inappropriateness is the amount of massage his uh, secretary is giving him. Right. Which is, which yeah, is it's probably true. not yeah. in her job description. That... No, but he's absolutely the kind of horrible capitalist villain who would have that going on in his office. Yeah. So <laughs> that's probably the most realistic thing in the entire film, yeah. really. Then... Uh, <laughs> He's saying, you know, he's telling his uh, assistant how he's really going to need to... He, he needs some nice peace and quiet to relax. And then the window cleaner uses what is essentially like a, a car wash. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen... I don't know if this was a real a real machine or if this was created for this film. But it's literally like a car wash with a massive window wiper that's spraying the whole window at once. Uh, yeah. And then... It's really strange. Yeah. Like, even even... Is this a thing that massive skyscrapers do? <laughs> you know, I don't believe it is, but it was weird. No. Yeah, um, and you know, he opens the window and screams at the window cleaner, um, and the window cleaner. I thought he was my favourite little character in this because he's yeah, he's good. <laughs> like, there's the he does the best way to um, diffuse a man <clears throat> that's just screaming. You at you in the face in an inappropriate manner. He's just stays relaxed and Carton's just like, yeah, whatever, mate. I'll go and clean. I'll just <laughs> yeah. clean that other window. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Honestly, his dialogue might as well have been, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, boomer. Like he's he's that laid back. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even really. You're not. You're, you're what you say is not much different from his lines. No. Very yeah. funny. Very funny. K. Yeah, whatever. You're right though. That is the best way to diffuse a like a. a a, a billionaire nut job, you know, just go, yeah, don't care, mate. I'm just a job for me. I don't you know what you want. Yeah. Like, I'm not bothered. Um, but then he, he um, comes up with an idea, Hawk, that he will call um, a guy that he'd fired before called uh, Loose Garden, who works in a wrecking crew. And basically he's just going to hire this guy to just bulldoze the building. He doesn't care at this point. He'll pay him off or whatever. Um, and then Granny rocks up to the building and they get into the wiener, window cleaner's gantry in Herbie, drive up to his window. Um, Willoughby just managing to grab on and having a bit of slapstick hanging off it and stuff like that. Um, and they manage to spray Hawk with the uh, car wash thing. Um, and as you said mm. earlier, we get uh, his entire office filled with uh, bubbles which is always fun. And we get a chase round the inside of a skyscraper office block. Yeah. Which was, and it, it, ma- it makes sense. You know, I, I suppose in some, in some ways it makes sense as a, although I kind of feel like this should have been the, fu- in a way, this should have been the final big climax of the I film. I agree. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I understand why it goes back to the firehouse, but at the same time, you know, it feels like more appropriate that the big finish is Herbie and this big chase around a big skyscraper, you know, going after the bad yeah. guy. Then, it, so it feels a bit of a false start or a false, well, a false finish, maybe is the best way to talk yeah. about it. Um, and 
they end up chasing uh, Hawk onto a ledge, and he does the full on whoa, <laughs> and the camera points down <laughs> into the uh, abyss, and he's like going uh, zooming in and out, like boy. <laughs> We just needed the vertigo kind of, you know, spiral <laughs> thing where he's, <laughs> you know, the spiraling thing. Yeah, but they finally convince Herbie to chill out and uh, they basically leave. Um, uh, well, she says, doesn't she? She says, I'll threaten to take you to Honest Al yeah. at the wrecking yard. Yeah. And she, she says, I wouldn't really do it, you know, but, he, <laughs> but we play this game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just, I just sweet, emotionally really. blackmail my uh, family members all the time. <laughs> it's fine. I I emotionally blackmail my magic car that I believe is 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 a real thing. <laughs> it's fine. It's not normal. Yeah. So um, <laughs> they go home, think about it, and their final plan is that they're gonna because obviously Willoughby knows Hawks' address. They convince Lustgarden instead to knock down Hawks' uh, pad. Yeah, and Willoughby does the best. Keenan Wynn voice I've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't even try and hide. They don't even try to have him do a good impression. It's just Keenan Wynn looping the dialogue. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> then uh, we we oh see my, my absolute favourite part of this whole film, which is that Hawk can't sleep, so he rings his doctor, who recommends counting sheep. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about then, this. Hawk is. We see what he's imagining, and first of all, it's just normal <laughs> sheep. Then it's normal sheep with the number fifty-three painted on the side. <laughs> then crashing through the wall is just an evil Herbie with fangs round where his bonnet comes up and down, and <laughs> evil eye-shaped like headlamps. And there's a gang of them chasing him, basically like werewolves, and it's. It's shot in like um, slow motion <laughs> and it is super creepy. Um, and then from there, it then morphs and he's tied on a stake and surrounded by Herbie Native Americans wearing headdresses <laughs> that are throwing axes at him. And then finally, it, he becomes King Kong on the top of the Empire State Building and there's a, <laughs> a flock of Herbies flying around him. And the most important bit of the whole film, he gets jizzed in the face with Herbie oil. And <laughs> yes, I was very worried that wasn't going to happen in this film. So, well, you, you've got yeah, you've got to have a, a Herbie jizzing some oil in the bad yeah. guy's face. Like it, it wouldn't be a Herbie film without. That, and as really. I said last time, he, the, he, the last film had far too many of those, but this one was efficient. It, it knew where to use yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, waited, it bided its yeah. time. That whole sequence is is mental. Like it, it, it's a proper. That again is a bit of a love bug. Sixties. Are you on crack? Like hold <laughs> yeah. over. I, I, t- I tell you what as well. Have you have you ever seen Father Ted? Seen some of it. Yeah. Right. Well, there's there's a there's a sequence in that in which Ted is has a dream. And he's dreaming about how he, he, somebody says he's the second best priest in the world. And he has this dream and there's all these floating heads coming at him as he's running. This, anyone, <laughs> just go and type, just go to YouTube and type in Father Ted dream sequence. <laughs> it's very right. similar in my head. Like just surreal craziness. <laughs> it just really reminded me of that. Right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so Hawk, the next morning, he calls Granny and 
seemingly has his Scrooge moment where the dream and has, you know, yeah. convinced him that everything is, you know, fine. Oh, oh, and also like his house got smashed in as well. I've just realized I didn't actually write mm. that down. But yeah, that's when the uh, the wrecking ball wakes him up. Um, loose garden! No! Not mine! This is my yeah. house! I'm going to get you loose garden! You know, that's kind so of So everything thing. we've seen, when he has this Scrooge moment and changes his ways and says that he w- doesn't want the house anymore, I was like, oh, good. Like, And then he puts the phone down and it turns out it was all a ruse. And I was like, well, why did we, ha- <laughs> why did we fucking see this nightmare then? Like, you've pulled the rug under my feet and I don't like it. Yeah, it, 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 it's just so you can have the whole... Oh, he's 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 changed his ways. It's it's again. It's like the second ending that the film yeah. has. You know, we all know he's evil. Like it's not. <laughs> it's like what's the point? Well, we've still got another ten minutes yeah. left, so it's not the real ending. I know. Um, then um, the the leads are at a restaurant because they're going to have a nice meal, a romantic meal because they've won. Um, and then they get a call from Granny, um, who says that you know something's up and everyone's turning up because. Oh no! Sorry, they call Granny from the restaurant. Sorry, um, because I think Nicole wanted Granny to be there, but Granny says she can't come, and then it turns out it's because the drunk man from the trolley, um, is at theirs having a date with Granny, which is yeah, which is quite cute. Um, then the music box is playing really weird noises. Um, so they realise that someone's coming, and it's <laughs> a big group of diggers. Uh, driving through an 80s like power ballad video because <laughs> despite this being set in a city centre um, this whole sequence is shot just like clearly on an empty lot in the middle of nowhere so yeah. to make it rather than putting up any scenery they just fill the stage this the sound stage with smoke <laughs> so you can't see anything yeah um <clears throat> It's weird. This whole sequence is just basically like the 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 uh, the fight. The firehouse just becomes like the Alamo. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like a big like a civil war kind of scene, you know, with these uh, you know invaders coming yeah. in and they're there with the fire hose. And it's 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 a bit weird in that sense. Yeah. It's like I, I get what it's trying to do, and that it's it's the whole idea that Hawk is you know, and then you get the army of of peasants quote-unquote, you know, come and save the day with the yeah. cars. But it's all a bit like, yeah, just... It, this film is like The Return of the King, Lord <laughs> yeah. of the Rings. It, it, it's the only time you'll ever hear Herbie rides again in The Return of the King <laughs> linked. Yeah. But it has like four or five different yeah. endings, basically. But then Herbie goes and picks up the, the kids from the restaurant um, and on the way back, he is rounding up other Volkswagens, which apparently... All Volkswagen Beetles are alive. They're all alive. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, news to me. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said at the top of the episode, I just don't like it. I, don't, I, I mean, it, in one sense, it's quite fun because you get all the different cars, you know, and they make a point of making the broken down car and the hippie car and all this. But it's it's a bit much. It's like you don't need to yeah. do this. You know, it's a bit weird. Um. um but yeah, yeah, as we mentioned at the very beginning, there is one shot where um, there's a drive-through that they go past, and there's a <laughs> there's a hippie love bug with all sorts of um, psychedelic patterns on it. Um, and yeah. I think what must have happened is they probably filmed a scene of the kids in the back necking, but the problem was it yeah. was maybe too graphic for a Disney film. 
So <laughs> instead, <laughs> what they yeah. do is they give like a five second shot <laughs> of just a static image of these two kids Brilliant. snogging, but not moving at all because it is literally a picture. It's literally but a then, picture, yeah. I, I, I laughed my head it off was at this. so weird. <laughs> I've completely forgotten about but then, this. Like, they, it's really weird. Even though they've done that, they then come back to it a few seconds later <laughs> and do it again. <laughs> Have they had a run in with Medusa? Because they're just, they're just yeah, frozen. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, it's really weird. Even for this, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so all of the Herbies turn up um, and they obviously chase around the bad guys a bit. Um, the uh, granny is and her new gentleman friend. They've got one of the hoses out and yeah. they're knocking people over. And basically, yeah, Herbie chases everyone off. Hawk gets arrested. Then there's a mention of a wedding and a wedding happens. I quite like with Hawk, just quickly, yeah. that by the end, it looks like he's lost his marbles. <laughs> like, because cause he's, he's then going, oh, the cars are chasing me. Look, can you see him? And because he's already annoyed that commissioner guy yeah. earlier in yeah. the film, he takes glee and arrested him. But he, do, he he presumably be carted off to a mental asylum. I mean, you don't really see that. You don't really see what happens to him no. after that. But it's, it, I suppose in that sense, it's 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 made that happen with the dream, you know, and his fear of Herbie and things like that that nobody else would yeah. believe. But it, they don't really do enough with that. In a way, like I, I would have preferred, they actually properly had more moments where people are going, "Have you seen gone mad?" Yeah, yeah, and built that up a bit. And more. again, as I say, like because he's one note, and I, you know, he's at level eleven the whole film. It, it would have yeah, worked better because yeah. you can be, you can be a slimy millionaire, you can be a confident dickhead mm. that knows that he's going to get his way, yeah. and you can build it up throughout the film. But yeah, he starts at level eleven, and then you've got nowhere to go from there. But that's what they do with Thorndike. Yeah. They start off and they build him up. So by the time he's at the end going, Gabashon, all this kind of thing, you really believe, you know, you've built him up and you just want him to get yeah. his comeuppance by the end. And you're like, yes, can't wait for him to lose. But with Hawk, all the way through, he's a yeah. knob. And you're just like, oh, I'm a bit fed up of it now. I'm fed up of the yeah. Yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, I agree. So, it's not and, there. Um, as I said, we get our panto ending, uh, which is what I call any wedding at the end of a film that's barely to do with the plot <laughs> yeah really tagged on there wasn't even any dialogue no there like, isn't he just he just goes oh the wedding and she goes what wedding and that's yeah. it and then we <laughs> see a, they get married and of course they get married in the firehouse because that would mean yeah. you know we're not having any more sets in this film thank you we've we've already no. spent our budget yeah. and that is yeah the end of the film but again a very similar ending to the love bug yeah very yeah. similar you know, it just happens. You've just got different characters. Like in the love bug, you've got um, Tennessee's there watching them go. And in this, you've got Mrs. Steinmetz and the other dude. You know, it's the same. It's exactly the same. And even even to the, the fact they have the same sort of matte painting of San Francisco. and then, yeah. But they don't have the beetle. They don't have the little bug come at the screen. I was disappointed about that. Oh, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. The bug. I forgot but, about that. Yeah. So similar in the end, like how, how they end the film. <laughs> So, I suppose we're at our final thoughts. So, do, as you know, as resident uh, Herbie expert, I'll let you go first. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I haven't contributed as much information and knowledge about 
Herbie Rides Again than I did The Love Bug because well people will just have to go back and listen to that episode won't they they... (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 go on yeah why not guys (laughs) but there's just there's less to say about this because there is there is less of an interesting film like I I would say this is the third well I I don't count Fully Loaded because I kind of I've only seen Fully Loaded once and I need to go back and view that with less angry preconceptions about what it is but if you take the four original Herbie films that I grew up with, this is the third. This is the third of four for me, um, and we'll see if I feel the same way after Herbie Goes Bananas because <laughs> I haven't seen that since I was a kid. But it's just it's not it's not that good. It's got moments that are nice. It's got some characters that are nice and some actors that are nice. But yeah, like I say, Herbie doesn't really have any story in this. He's in it a, a fair bit, but there's nothing for him really, and. It's all just a really weird set of loosely connected plot points that have a point to them. Yes, evil capitalist billionaire trying to, you know, destroy the house of a nice old lady. Sure, I get it. And I get why they would tell this kind of story in the mid 70s. I get it. I get all of it. But it's just not that fun (laughs) sometimes. It's it's just a little bit like compared to The Love Bug, which was both funny and fun and quite thrilling in its own way at times. Like particularly the last like act, which is great with that big ch- long car chase. The thing is, it's that's what it's missing, Tim. It's missing the chase element. That's why Monte Carlo is so much better than this, the next film, because it's all based around racing, and then they do all the other stuff. And that for me is what makes a great Herbie film. Um, so yeah, it's all right, but this certainly wouldn't be the film I'd put anyone onto Herbie to watch. No, I I kind of agree. Um... I didn't have as much fun with this film. Um, there's, there are some really good little sequences that you can see. There is, there is a good film in here somewhere, but it just needs. There is definitely something missing. And and as yeah. I say, I think having a com, we needed some kind of more funny character that could kind of make this slapstick kind of gel together almost because there is mm. a lot of visual comedy, but not enough. I don't know. I don't know. It just feels like that. there's a lot of the acting doesn't fit the rest of the film almost because the characters, mm. especially, um, I don't know. They're just not over the top enough for what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get what you they're, mean. They're, they're kind they're of a played bit a bland. They're a bit played a bit straight. Yeah. Considering yeah, how ridiculous are. the film goes, but I don't know. And considering how over the top Hawk is. Yeah. It's like it's like they couldn't sustain a film that had Keenan Wynn at you know eleven all the way through, and then characters that like Buddy Hackett would have brought Buddy Hackett would have brought an energy, yeah, like yeah. he did in the first film. It's like they couldn't counterbalance the two. So to have Keenan Wynn doing all that, they had to have far more quiet, level, anemic sort of characters. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and I say this, given the fact that they are good. I mean, they're good actors. Like Helen Hayes is a, is a, a, a legend of, of Hollywood cinema, you know, and she's she's very she brings a lovely warmth to it and a very she's very nice to yeah. watch and easy to watch. You know, Stephanie Powers, I think he's probably a better actress than Michelle Lee was in the last film. I think she's, you know, because she goes on to being heart to heart towards the end of the 70s. And he's very well known for that. So she's, you know, she's good. And they're all okay. It's just a little bit dull. Yeah, it's everything. You know, and all that stuff. Everything should you know? work, but it, there's something missing and you can't really yeah. put your finger on it. Um, and I think for me, as I've said already, like 
endless car chases is not what I'm wanting right now. I can appreciate yeah. that they are well done, but I didn't enjoy them very much. So, yeah, I think, I think we're both in the same boat. I think we are, and maybe it's just the wrong story for a Herbie film, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. You know, may, maybe they just pick the wrong kind of plot. And I think you need... The best Herbie films have a real central story about Herbie. Yeah. And about that character and what what he's doing. And this doesn't have that. No. He's just, he just happens to be there. And that's that's rubbish. Yeah. So it's all right. So but how many gems do you think it's worth then? How many have we uncovered? Oh, uh, Right, remind remind me of, of whether this is out of five or out of ten, because I can never remember. This is out of ten, and very importantly, you you are welcome to decimalise. <laughs> oh, ooh, because it okay. really pisses right, Chris then. off. <laughs> well, anything to do that, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I need to decimalise this in a way. I think this is a. I think this is a five out of ten. If I'm honest, okay. I think this is a solid in the middle. Really, right? I wouldn't give it any more than that. I've decided to go with a six well i did put a 6.8 oh wow okay so it's quite yeah i think it's it's fine i can't i think i tend to skew a little higher than maybe i should do let's let's take it we'll call it a six point don't two don't feel any don't feel any peer pressure, Tim. If you want to be nice, you be nice. I'll be the bad guy. It's mainly because I'll be hot. It's mainly because I can't really remember what I gave the love bug, and I haven't had the time to go and check. So I definitely would have given the love bug higher, hundred percent. Right. And like, oh, I know that. Also, I've realised that I haven't been keeping any kind of score over the last few months um, in terms of um, where how films are rating against each other. So I'm going to mention it now, and then when I edit this bloody podcast, I will remember. <laughs> <laughs> to work it out and we will discuss it on the next episode and i've said it on yes. air and everyone will hold me to okay. it now <laughs> yeah you committed now yeah we gotta do we gotta when we do monte carlo you gotta bring it up the herbie rankings yeah all right so there we go we're all done thank you very Lovely. much i have needed this today it has been a week and having a having a mate on to chat about a stupid silly little kids film has been just what i needed Oh no, it's it, it's my pleasure, absolutely. Like it's it's any excuse to watch Herbie, and it has been nice actually to do this, given given everything else. Yeah, like it's no, it was nice this morning to get up with all the uncertainty flying about and put on a silly little film like this. So thank you, actually, because it's timed quite well in a way. Yeah, it has, it has. So yeah um where can people find you on the internet, and what do you want to plug? Right, well, uh, obviously this. This podcast is part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Um, and yeah, that's that's the big one to go and check out all the other shows that I'm part of there. And obviously I, I run the networks. That's at We Made This on uh We Made the at We Made This Pod on Twitter and We Made This Pod.com. So uh, head on over there and look at all the other podcasts that are out there. And you can find me on Twitter at AJ Blackwriter, and you'll see me link to some of these podcasts and any writing I do and all kinds of things like that, really. And, you know, every now and then I might talk about Herbie. I don't talk about Herbie enough on there. I need to do more of that, actually. <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> cool. And um, the socials for this podcast um, are 
on we are on Twitter at Podwam and we are on Instagram at Without a Mouse. And uh, remembering those is harder now that I have two podcasts because I keep saying the wrong ones, <laughs> whichever recording I'm doing. Um, Imagine how confused I get. <laughs> yeah, you've got quite a lot to juggle, haven't you? Um, and my Twitter as well. Yeah, it's at TimblesRH if you want to follow me on there. Um, so yeah, once again, thank you so much, Tony, uh, for coming on today, and thank you for everything you do for the network. Um, it's great Thank you. for being on. Bye. <laughs> Without a Mouse is part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Logo by Chris House. Theme tune by Ether Moore. Elsewhere, and we made this. The Giddy Carousel of Pop. I opened the magazine. The bits that were nearly sticking out on page three were Simon the Bonds. Mmm, bits. Lads, oh, oh. you know, one of the boys is nearly out the barracks there. <laughs> I mean, if them shorts had been any shorter. But how far apart are his legs? He's, it looks like yeah. he's about to go into the maternity ward. How do they get them into these positions? Like, whose idea is it to say, Simon... Sit on this stool here with the white satin sheet over it, lift one leg up really high, part the other knee as far yeah. away from it as possible, yeah. and yeah. Uh, look slightly to the right and pout. And if you could just poke your left bollock back into your shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say the C word. Why haven't we got lightsabers yet? <sighs> Yeah, I want one too. Unfortunately, um, you know where this is going, don't you? I think so. Right. The first problem you have with the lightsaber is that uh, it's about a meter long and then the beam stops. Right. Can you see the problem with that? Yeah, lasers have to hit something to stop, don't they? I did a yes. learn. And, and you can't really stick a mirror at the other end of the lightsaber and just sort of, it, it, it starts getting a bit silly. The Movie Palace. And I think, I don't know about you, but I think Warren Beatty kind of exemplifies that new sentimentality in a way. And it's one of the reasons why I think he almost, he fitted very well with not just his role as Clyde, but his role as a producer. And he's, if it wasn't for Warren Beatty, this film never would have been made. Yeah, he's very interested in that respect because he's a very hands-on kind of figure. And, you know, there are films like What's New Pussycat where he kind of backs out when it becomes clear he won't be able to exert that level of autonomy, for instance. Yeah, it's very true. And, of course, he goes on to be a filmmaker, even an Oscar-winning filmmaker. I think he won the Oscar for Reds in, uh, towards the tail end of the era you're kind of covering on this podcast, really. So, yeah, I think that's very true. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.